Hello, all you crazy kick-ass adults. Welcome to another episode of Dad's Rules with Kevin Belzer. Now, today we're going to dive into part two of my MenaceCon recap. I like how he took possession of that and called it my MenaceCon recap because this is my experiences that I got out of it. All right, for you that are tuning in for the first time and did not hear part one, I highly encourage you to listen to that, but I will break these all up so you can listen to them individually because what I'm going to be covering on these is highlights that I got from the different speakers. So in the first episode, we went over the first three speakers, which were Nicholas Trevelyan, Eric Kelly, and Shivani Dallas. Today, we're going to go over, well, three to four more. Depends how time plays out on this. I want to keep these 20 minutes or so so that you're getting enough value out of this. And hey, this takes five or six episodes for me to get through it. Believe me, it's worth it. The whole point of me doing this MenaceCon recap is so that I can get you excited for the next one that's coming in January 2020 in the Phoenix area. I highly, highly suggest that you're there if you're a small business owner or an entrepreneur and you're looking to level up your business. This is the program, the event, the conference, the mastermind, whatever you want to call it. This is where you need to be. The amount of money that has been made and been proved that these people are talking about, what they're talking about is true, not just theory, is overwhelming. People, I've had, my son's done this before. He goes, you focus on money. And it's like, no, money is a good barometer, all right? What I mean is that if somebody talks, you don't see any results out of it, that's one thing. But if somebody talks and they can go, okay, here's my bank account showing that what I'm saying, I'm not full of shit. I actually do know what I'm talking about. That's why having people in the room that have made anywhere from seven figures to nine figures in wealth, you should be listening to them because they're going, hey, this is what I did and you can do it too. All you need to do is follow these steps. Does that mean I agreed with every little thing that everybody said there? Absolutely not, because not everything's going to work for everybody. However, those little things that I didn't agree with, you're talking the single digits and percentile. They weren't the things that were going to move the needle for me because maybe the advice I was getting from my mentors and my coaches that are, are excelling my career and my income, it would be contradictory to that. And I don't want to move. I need to stay on the path I'm on. I'm already on a sniper path. I don't need to go shotgun and add this other approach. It's actually going to cause damage to the one I'm on. Shiny object there. I just digress. The big point I wanted to make is that the people in that room, seven figures to nine figures in income, seven figures to nine figures in net worth. What that means is what they had to say, there was tremendous value. I got something out of everybody there. Even the ones that I may not totally be the same kind of character as them, I could go, okay, maybe I'm not as reserved as them. Maybe I'm not as outgoing as that person. But I can take this thing they said and I can put my personality in it and I can move forward with that. Okay, so that was the genius of this conference is that, that there was something to learn from everybody there. And it was like getting hit by a fire hose. Truly was like getting hit by a fire hose. Okay, so let's dive into the ones that the next group. Okay, so we ended, we went through three speakers. Next one up was Gary Brecka. Gary Brecka was the fourth speaker there. And Gary Brecka, excuse me, Gary Brecka was a co-founder of 10X Health Systems. He's a celebrity biohacker, and he sits on the board of NFL alumni partners with Grant Cardone. So he's got quite a quite a list of accolades there. He is the chief human biologist for 10X Health Systems. And as a chief human biologist for 10X Health, Gary guides the company's global wellness vision and direction. He has over 20 years of experience in biohacking and functional medicine. His passion lies in customizing peak performance protocols for individuals to achieve optimal health. He's an expert 
expert on serum blood and genetic biomarkers. And he spent a lot of time speaking about that. He also sits, like I said, on the board of NFL Alumni Association as a health services director and is known as a celebrity biohacker. So quite a good resume there. The 20 years plus, it's not a, hey, flash in the pan. This is a guy that's been there, done that and knows what he's talking about. I've been fascinated by health a lot. And when I first saw the speaker on there, I was like, what does this have to do with a business conference? That's a pretty fair question until you realize that health and success in business go hand in hand. If you have your health in order, you are focused when you have your health in order. Take this from somebody that used to be 50 some pounds heavier and now I'm back down to the weight I had when I was in the military. Being fit, I feel way more focused. So he spoke about a few things a lot of it, I was so fascinated. I wasn't taking very good notes. Just to be honest with you, I was so focused on what he was saying that I didn't scribble a lot down. But I'll go over just a couple things. So he said this one line, the presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. It's pretty cool. He went into breaking that down for us further that they've shown over time that when, when these diseases are exposed to the oxygen, that it does break it down. Also, aging is the aggressive approach of comfort. So that was a neat little line. I was able to grab that down. Aging is the aggressive approach of comfort. Hmm. Last thing he does, he spoke about a gene test that he does. What they do in that is they take a sample, like a genetic sample of you and you send it into his lab and they'll run a report and determine what vitamins and minerals you're missing in your body. You can sign up for a program through their their system, the 10X Health Systems, to have the nutrition balanced out the way it's supposed to be. I have not done this yet. It's on my to-do list to get this sent in to them. But some people in the menace group that have done it, they've noticed right away different results and how the energy levels that they have. So that was really cool. Okay, so like I said, not a lot of notes on him, but if you want to get some more information on him, it's 10xhealthtest.com. So it's number 10xhealthtest.com. So you can check it out on your own. I have two final thoughts before we go on to the next speaker about Gary. One had to do with that whole test that sees what minerals and vitamins and stuff they're missing for your body. What did really hit me until today as I was recording this is that a lot of us just blindly take multivitamins and B vitamins and ginseng and this and that, but we've never had an actual test done on what do we really need? Okay, so well, that was kind of interesting. I'm like, man, now I really need to do it because as I was recording this, that was like an aha moment for me. And the second thing was when I was sitting there listening to him, a book kept going through my head that I just finished a few months ago. And I have brought this up on a podcast before. It's a book by Tony Robbins called Life Force. The book is co-written with a lot of other medical professionals. So it's not like Tony just saying, hey, here's my medical opinions. It was actually doctors chiming in on, on all these different things. And what Gary was saying, a lot of it was in complementary to everything I read in Life Force. So it really hit home for me hearing Gary say and reiterate because Gary's been in this for, like I said before, over 20 plus years as a biohacker. So his opinion is highly regarded. And then to see the myriad of different medical doctors that Tony had interviewed for his book to get their feedback on biohacking as well. I was like, okay, these people are all on the same page. We tend to think that the medical profession is dead and done. It's already solved on a lot of aspects. Modern medicine is what? 100 
200 years old. It's not that old. To think that what we're doing now in the medical world and in the health world is finished science is just ridiculous. We need to be open-minded for people and from to hear from people like Gary and Tony when they say, hey, here's our data from our labs showing what'll happen if we do this, showing how we can fight cancers and have more energy. It's worth, you know, keeping an open mind about these things. Next up, we had Tommy Mello. Tommy Mello is the founder of A1 Garage Doors. He's had revenue of 200 million plus in sales in 2022. That was as of the conference, which was in July. And he's a sales expert. I think that's pretty easy to figure out if you can do that kind of volume. He showed photos of his trucks back in the day. It was funny because I was telling uh, the guys throwing it, I'm like, that's who services our garage doors when they need repaired is A1 Garage Doors. I can hear some of you right now wanting to click off because you're like, what do I need sales for? You need sales whether you think you're in the sales field or not. Let me explain. You could be a car salesman, a realtor in financing, insurance sales. Those are all obvious sales fields. Or you could be just looking to land a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're going to need some sales skills in order to close that deal. On top of Tommy Mello being the founder of A1 Garage Doors, having all the sales and being the sales expert, he is also an author and a home service millionaire. He mentioned some books. A lot of these people speaking did mention some books, so I'm going to sprinkle these in as well. The first one he mentioned was called FTI, which is Failure to Implement the 10 Principles of Phenomenal Performance by Howard Partridge. Okay, so that book was about the number one reason most people don't reach their biggest dreams and goals is what international business Coach Howard Partridge calls FTI failure to implement. Many times people know what to do and how to do it. They just don't do it. Well, isn't that the truth? I can tell you I was intrigued. I must have been. Wrote it down. A couple points he brought up. Failure to implement right out of the book. Man, that got me thinking. It's like, am I truly doing everything I possibly can in my business? Am I trying for perfection instead of just implementing and then sorting it out as we go along. So that got me thinking about that. Aspire to be number one. So many times we settle and go, I can't be at their level. Why not? I mean, why can't you be? The greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, wasn't drafted in the first round. He had to fight and claw his way to be a starter. Why can't you do that in whatever business you were in? Why can't you date down the Goliath? Who says you can't? Something else he brought up. I am the largest failure, but I always get back up. Ooh, that is so key. The term I always use is fail forward. It's okay to fail. Just make sure you stand back up and you keep going. When I started my real estate career, I had no freaking idea what I was doing. I was a pizza delivery driver and a courier. I had two full-time jobs, made good money to combine the two jobs, but I worked 80 plus hours a week. The point is, is that when I got into real estate, I, I had to learn. I didn't know what I was doing and I failed all the time. The fact that Coach Nikki T had trust and faith in me that I would figure it out is a miracle from God above because I don't know what he saw in me. It took me probably three months to do my first transaction. And once I figured that out, I, I shot off like a rocket. But up until then, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I studied and studied and studied. I screwed up. I lost deals. I blew appointments. Anything you can imagine that's bad in sales, I was clearly doing it. But I was like, I can't quit. I'm failing now, but I'm not going to fail forever. I'm just going to fail forward. I'm going to learn from these mistakes and I'm going to use them to be better in the future. All right. He then referenced another book, Rocket Fuel, The One Essential 
combination that will get you more of what you want from your business by Gino Wickman and Mark C. Winters. Okay, so synopsis on this one is my dog breathes crazy and knocks at the door. You can wait just a second. Visionaries have groundbreaking ideas. Integrators make those ideas a reality. This explosive combination is a key to getting everything you want out of your business. It worked for Disney. It worked for McDonald's. It worked for Ford. It can work for you. So I was I was hooked on that little bit and I just added it to my wish list. Big takeaway that he was getting out of that book was one, have a plan. Two, ability to have difficult conversations. He brought up three different things on the ability to have difficult conversations, the need, the should, and the would. And there's a difference between all of them. He articulated a lot on that. Not something I can really do in several minutes here, but there is a difference. It's just think it out. I need to do that. That's not very persuasive. I should do that. Same thing. I would do that. If it was my mom, I would do that. And that's how you need to look at it. Number three, systems dictates everything on what to expect. This is how you win the game. Ooh, that's huge. The law of reciprocity. We went over the law of reciprocity. If you're not familiar with that term, reciprocity is a practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. Okay, so that's the simplest way I can explain that. So it's very simple. If you do something for somebody, they feel the need, want, desire to do something for you as well. That would be exchanging, that'd be reciprocity. Okay, next, keep track. You need to know if you're winning. Ooh. Menace is bringing that up to us and they are dead on. I was not tracking the expenses I was having. I was tracking my conversion off the leads that I, the appointments I was actually taking, but was not tracking the money part of it. That's a major, major, major mistake. When I started doing that, I found that I had a lead source that was a dead source, costing me hundreds of dollars a month just from one of them. It was just one that I, one of many that I found that needed to be corrected. And then I found others that were successful to where I could pump more money into them. I also started looking at tracking based on how I was doing appointments. Once I added a method in, a system in, I went from a 35 to 40% conversion rate year over year. It's been consistent for 15 years that way to now it's 85%. By tracking and figuring out what the problem was, I could make adjustments to it and get my performance up. Need less appointments for conversion. Better yet, I could just have more, more money coming in and more problems coming in, which would be a good thing meaning have to hire staff, have to get more agents in because I got too much business. That's a great problem to have. And that can only happen if you've got proper systems and you're tracking things. This next point is a really hard one for people to learn when they get into sales. Shut the hell up after you ask a question. Yeah, that's, uh, we tend to talk ourselves out of sales. That's the easiest way to say that one. Always have the agreement, the paperwork with you. It seems to be a no brainer, but I've seen people screw that up. I always have paperwork. Lead your team by example. He led that right into a book called the Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly. That book is managing people's difficult with disengagement and turnover on the rise. Many managers are scratching their heads, wondering what to do. It's not that we don't dream of being great managers. It's just that we haven't found a practical and efficient way to do it until now. Next point, everything happens for a reason. Everybody needs to win. And that pretty much wrapped him up. I got some uh, nice little quotes from him at the end. He gave some good references for books. He went a lot into his story. If you ever get a chance to hear him speak, Speak. He is a public speaker. If you ever get a chance to hear him speak, I highly advise it because I got cliff notes here. This is one page of notes because what tends to happen is I'll take some stuff down and jot little notes, but there's a lot of it that I'm so enthralled by what
what they're saying that I'm like, oops, got to write that down. I'm getting recordings of everything, so I'll be able to dive back into it and take more extensive notes. But until then, hey, that's what I got. But anyway, I think we got some good little tidbits out of him. After Tommy Mello had spoke, they did a session with Jordan Adler and Tommy Mello, a Q&A. I'll get more into Jordan Adler when I get into his talk. But at, at this point, I'm just going to go over what few of the notes I took from these two. Jordan Adler and Tommy Mello, they brought up a couple things. What gets measured gets managed. Very, very big point here. If you're not tracking things, if you're not measuring things, you have no clue what's really going on. I gave the example of what was happening where I was literally flushing money down the toilet because I was not properly tracking expenses of marketing. I'll take you back even further. When COVID hit and we all had all this extra time, I found that I was paying for subscriptions and stuff that I wasn't even using. I had a lot of bills going out that were for nothing, no services I was no longer using. And it wasn't small amounts. When all was said and done during COVID, we ended up cutting a expenses is about $2,600 a month. Yeah, but we weren't measuring it, so we couldn't manage it. Next one, show up and be an example. I love that. We like to say, be an example, be a menace. To get comfortable, it takes practice. To get comfortable, it takes practice. Meaning that if your sales scenario, business scenario, everything is going to be hard initially. It's going to be uncomfortable initially, but with practice and with repetitions, it'll become comfortable. I learned this when I was starting in real estate. I learned this when I switched from buyers to working with sellers. Now it's not really a big deal to me because it's all second nature and it's all just automatic scripts to where I can be giving the, you know, I can be talking to the client about whatever needs to be taken care of. And I can also be thinking about something else while I'm saying that, it's kind of crazy where I can be talking about one thing and going, okay, if I get this listing, here's the marketing approach I'm going to take on this. That's all what's going on. It's like I'm having two conversations at the same time because I've been doing it so long and I'm comfortable at it. Next thing they brought up, and this was interesting, I started, they said, work on my dream clients, the dream 100. Over the years, I've had a lot of clients be repeat clients and referral clients. So I'd say that that can apply to there. And Jordan Adler kind of gets into that in his talk. So I'm just going to kind of leave that just hanging there. The next thing they brought up was a marketing book, The No BS Marketing to the Affluent by Dan Kennedy. Now, if you want to get technical, Dan Kennedy was always about the long titles. It's actually called The No BS Marketing to the Affluent, No Holds Barred, Take No Prisoners, Guide to Getting Really Rich. That's a great title of a book. The Scary Truth, the middle class consumer population and their buying power is massively shrinking. Customers are buying less and in fewer categories. The Silver Lining, it takes no more work to attract customers from the explosively growing mass affluent, affluent and ultra affluent populations eager to pay premium prices in return for exceptional expertise, service and experiences. Man, that is so on point because I've shifted my business a lot to the higher end client, which means that I have obviously more income potential coming in, higher end properties. Marketing can be a lot more fun because there's more marketing dollars to spend on them. He's just so dead on with this. I absolutely love playing in that field. So let's look at this from a couple different perspectives. One is that you have to work less deals if you're going towards the affluent people. It's just flat out that easy. So if you're insurance sales and you're doing onesie, twosie, small little policies, you're going to be very busy. Or you could go for the higher end policies, not be as busy, but getting better premiums, getting better residuals. Same thing in real estate. So to give you an example, I met with this client. I signed it. It's currently active on the market. The agent before me, 
they said that they would sell their home for $795. That's what they would get paid. That agent would get paid $795. And the other side of the transaction would get 3%. Now, this home is a $2 million house, but let's set that aside for a moment. Let's say that that doesn't really matter. How much does a sign install cost? How much does a sign cost? What about photos? Who's paying for all this stuff? Where's the marketing? There's no marketing dollars left over because the agent's not going to do it and not take at least something home. $795? Are you freaking kidding me? I met with the client. I don't discount. I don't discount on what I charge. This particular one, my side of the transaction was going to be $60,000. The other agent was going to charge $795. The affluent see value if you show value. They saw no value in what the other person brought. The price was never the problem. Only one person can be the cheapest, and that's what this person was trying to be. So you know who they're competing against? The $795 charge person is competing against somebody that'll do it for $794 or $793. Only one person can be the cheapest. I don't want to play in that sandbox. I go, here's what I charge. Here's what I'm going to do. Went over all my marketing approach with her. Went over the Splash Program marketing system, which is the only way to sell a home. And they signed. They didn't even blink. There was no question. There was no call me later. Nothing. Took out the paperwork, spun around. She signed. We were done. I went over the fees. I never hid the fees. Here's what I'm charging. It's going to cost you $60,000 to have my side of the trend transaction in this. No issue. Now, I would still have a problem with that 795 guy, even at the cheaper price. But the funny thing is, the cheaper the home, the more likely the seller of that home is going to be to shop for the cheapest person possible. And again, I don't want to play in that sandbox. And when you start working in the affluent, you don't play in that sandbox. That's the beauty of it. A couple of the points I brought up. People are connecting to people. Yeah, see that all the time. Jordan's going to get into that more in his, so I'm just going to leave that right as it is. Slow down and think about what you can do for the client. This means so much to me. I make so many lives, so many videos about my loathing of part-time agents and agents that don't do what's in the best interest of the client. My thing is, is that we get paid in the thousands. We should be earning that money. We should be proving to that client that we care about them. We're thinking about them. And we're trying to do what's best for them because that's what our job is. And the last thing they brought up, and I'll leave it here. Think about gifts you can give people. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. I love giving clients gifts. And I think about the things I've done over the years from giving out CDs from Kibble Records and just random stuff, dropping off a Harley Davidson shirt to another client, sending cut code to clients, making closing gift baskets, which I called home survival kits. You know, when somebody moves in, they need toilet paper, tissues, and, and paper plates. They need all the stuff that, because they're probably going to be ordering pizza while they're unpacking. They need cleaning supplies. They need garbage bags. They need all this stuff when they're moving in because everything that they would be using normally is packed up and they haven't unpacked it yet. So I give them this and go, here's a basket. You can live out of this basket and I'll have some snacks and stuff in it too. It's just fun doing stuff like that and clients remember it. Honestly, it makes you feel good too. Okay, so we have gone way over the 20 minute mark, which is usually my cap. So we did, we did three different speakers, kind of. I mean, Jordan and Tommy had a Q&A and I read from that. So we're going to count that as three. Next up, the next episode, we're going to get into Jordan Adler. That's going to be the first one we're going to talk about. But that's going to be a wrap on this particular episode. If you like the episode or if you hated it, please share it, subscribe, leave reviews. These are how I grow the show. Share it with your friends and your enemies alike because your enemies probably really, really need this. And maybe once they hear this show, they can become your friends. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? You guys can go and push each other on the swing sets and seesaws. Yeah, all that good stuff. So until next time, go out and be the kick-ass adult. I know you all can be.